Are you blessed to be here? This is my first time talking to all ladies, okay? First time. Now let me tell you an experience I had when I preached to all men one time. All the guys are going to laugh. They were here. Um, we did a, an event with another church, and there was it was full of men in here, right? Kind of like, kind of like this, a little more actually. And uh, when I preach, I kind of just let the Holy Spirit just take me wherever He's going to take me. And so I kept saying "brothers and sisters" the whole time. Can you believe that? <laughs> there was not one sister in here. Well, you know, not not that we know of anyway. There was all men in here. And I kept saying brothers and sisters, and um, you should have heard them after. They were just going, so who's the sister, and which one of us did you discern was the sister, and the jokes just didn't stop. And so uh, if I call you brothers and sisters today, please know that I just mean sisters, okay? So... But I'm going to try not to do that since uh, I put it out there. So because of it's all sisters, I'm a little bit nervous. Kind of feels like when, when, uh, when you're asleep and your wife wakes you up and she says, Honey, I heard something. You guys ever do that to your husbands? Honey, I heard something in the house. We live in an apartment, so it's not that, you know. And then you kind of like, you're the guy, so you know you have to get up. But you're just as scared as wife. I'm just giving you the secrets. I'm sorry. And, and you're like, you're flood, your heart's fluttering, and, and you got butterflies, and you're like, all right, honey, I got this. And then you grab something, I don't know, anything. And you go out there, and you're like, all right, where are you? And you turn the lights on, and there's obviously no one there. A dish moved probably in the sink, and, and now there was a robber in the house in your mind. But uh, uh, that's how I feel right now. But I think God is going to do something today. I really, really do. There's going to be breakthrough in this place. You see, I don't know the hearts, but God does, and God sees your heart. He knows what you need this afternoon. We're a church that believes that the Holy Spirit is still moving. He is still working. He has not finished the work that he has started. Amen? We believe that he still speaks that he can prophesy into your life, that breakthrough can happen in your life. Today, there's going to be breakthrough. And if you believe it, it will happen. And breakthrough, I had a breakthrough last night. And actually, I should talk to my leaders before I tell you, but we'll see what the Holy Spirit says. But I had breakthrough last night. And, and this morning, the Holy Spirit told me, sometimes breakthrough can happen in a moment and you're good but sometimes breakthrough needs to be cultivated you need to maintain it you need to keep having you got it's something's got to change your relationship with God has to get more serious you can't just be a church goer you got to become the church it's quiet 
got to become the church. You're the church of Jesus Christ. And this, this Shia's movement started because for so long women have been oppressed in the church. Do you know that statistically women go to church more than men? So why take away half of the army and oppress them? That's why we do this, to empower you, to tell you that you can do anything that God has put in your heart. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but like I said, the spirit will speak here. So let's get into it. Amen. Today, I have a message for you called Deep Roots. It's called She is Rooted. So I wanted to talk to you about roots, about a root system. I'm going to have the piano playing for just a little bit, or maybe a lot of bit. We'll see what happens. David, you're good? All right. Like he would say no, right? Um, I know you have your Bibles probably ready to go. Uh, you're probably used to that. I know I am. And uh, let's wait on the Bible for just a second. Let me talk to you really quick. Raise your hand if you have dreams. If you have goals, and if you feel like you have a calling, it's okay if you don't raise your hand. Um, I understand. Um, but by the end of this, hopefully, you will all be raising your hand. Because all of us should be dreaming. All of us should have goals. All of us should have vision and callings. Because God has called you. Amen? Oh, by the way, it doesn't matter the age. It's for this generation. Amen? Generation means that you're alive. So welcome to this generation. So we all have dreams and callings. We all have the desire to see them fulfilled. But we're all at different seasons in our lives. Some of us are in our discovery season. We're discovering who God is. We're discovering who we are in Christ. Do you remember that if you've been in the Lord for a long time? You remember when you were discovering, who is this God? What is this God about? And then someone would come and tell you something that was completely wrong, and then you found out like five years later that that was wrong. Anyway, I'm just throwing that in there. So you're in the discovery phase right now, perhaps. Or perhaps you're in this place where you're discovering passions. You know, you're figuring out, you know that God has something for your life. You don't know what it is and you're, you have passions and you have desires and you're doing all of these things and all of these things are happening. I remember when I first started like receiving this, this phase of the discovery of my passions, I was doing everything in church. I'm going to talk about church a lot because that's me. I did church pretty much all my life. All right. Uh, my mom said to me when I was like 15, you're going to be a pastor one day. And I said, no, those guys are hypocrites. I will never be a pastor. And uh, here we are. Mom is always right. Right, moms? All right. I remember doing everything. I, I, I served with the kids, with the two, three-year-olds, with the five, six-year-olds. I, I, I taught the teens. I did sound. I was a parking lot person one day because I didn't really. And, and then one day I was, uh, I was somewhere in a hall somewhere, and I was singing to the Lord just to myself and him, and I was just singing, and someone peeked out the door and said, is that you singing? And I said, yeah, you should be in the choir. And I was like, okay. 
So I went to practice, you know, rehearsal on Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever they had it. And I went and they gave me a microphone and I was singing and I was standing there like, I don't like this. But I tried it. But you might be there. You might be just discovering what, what is your passion. You know, you're, you're in that discovery phase of what your passions are. And then all of a sudden you receive a calling. You receive like God says, this is what I've called you for. And you're like, no way. Some of us are like, this was my response. No, God, I don't want to do that. I want to do that. That looks cooler. I wanted to play the drums. That's what I wanted to do. Lord, really? This? And I was at a retreat one day, and, and the pastor was preaching. My friend, Pastor Kyle, was preaching, and he said, I feel like the Holy Spirit is asking somebody a question, and you have to say yes. And I was like, really? Say, and then he just started saying, say yes. Say yes. And I was like, I'm going to say yes. I have to. You know, the Holy Spirit sometimes, like, we have free will, but he kind of, kind of nudges you a little right feels good though like a daddy right he's just like hey come on you could do this and I said yes receive the calling then there's a ministry phase where you start to see things happen and then there's a legacy phase where you start to see fruit and you start to see children and you start to see people and you start to see abundance. Isn't that amazing? But you know what that's called? It's called a process. A process. This process is called being rooted in Christ. Sometimes it can be difficult, but it's very important. Today we're going to talk about David, and we're going to look at his life how God processed him deep into his roots and he became who he became because of it. And I know that God is doing that in your life. I know that God has called you. I know that you feel something inside of you and you're saying, man, I want to do so much. I was telling the guys this. We had a man's service the other night and I was telling them, you know, when people get around Jesus, they want to be great. I know church tells you, hey, be humble. You know, don't dream too big. But when the disciples got around Jesus and Jesus walked away, they would argue. So which one of us is the greatest? Why? Because they were around greatness. Amen. So you should be you should have friends that inspire you to be greater than you are right now. So this process begin, begins. This process brings results. Without the process, you won't be a strong tree. You'll, the wind will push you back and forth, and, and you'll go from this place and that place, and you'll feel displaced. But what God is telling you this afternoon is that you need roots. Amen? So where did David learn and, and go through his root process he did it not in public. He did it taking care of his father's sheep in concealment where no one saw him. Being prepared for greatness. So let's go to 1 Samuel and read this. 
chapter 16. And give me a loud amen when you have it, please. Amen. Praise God. Say first Samuel chapter 16. Verse 10. And if you know a little bit about David, you probably know this story. All right. 16 verse 10. Are you all there? If you don't have a Bible, I believe it'll be on the screen. So I'm going to start at verse 10. And it says, thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, the prophet. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen none of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him. For we will not sit down till he comes here. Verse 12. So he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Amen. When you receive your calling... When David receives this calling, it's amazing. David is like 12, 13, maybe 15 at the most years old. He's taking care of his father's sheep, as you know. And Samuel goes to anoint the king, but he thinks it's all the older brothers because they look like Saul, right? You guys remember Saul, some of you? But God saw what was inside David, the roots that he had built. Amen? Fruits are, are public, but roots are private. See, when I started my process, when I, and I'm not done, and, and I believe that we just keep going and going. We're never really done. When I started, I started seeking for God's love. I started seeking for his heart. I wanted to know him. Amen? And knowing him got, got me where I am today. And, and I believe that you have gotten where you are because you've gotten to know God. And that's what David did. He showed us that. But there are some things that happen while God is processing us. And he's, he's deepening our roots. Something happens. So we see here that David, he's unknown. No one knows him. Amen? He's not famous. He's not a king yet. No one knows him. Amen? But God does. God knows him. God knows him. You see, you might feel like you're unknown to the world and to men, but God knows you. God knows who you are. God knows your heart. He knows your life. He loves you and he knows you. You might feel like you've like they like someone has forgotten you. Like David's father, he was he forgot about David, his his youngest. You might feel forgotten, but God says, I know you. 
He knows you. That's why this song that we, that we sung earlier, I almost feel like singing it again. I'm so excited. Let's sing it again. Is he on? Are you on? They'll turn them on right now. See, I want you to get that God knows you. Like, like he knows everything about you. <laughs> oh, man. God is good. You might be unknown to certain people, right? But who cares? God knows who you are. Go. You're closer than them. The skin on my bones. You're closer. Raise your hand. He knows you. He knows you. He knows you. He has not forgotten you. He knows you. <laughs> okay. You see, David was not interested in who knew him or if they had forgotten him. He knew that God knew him and that God would never forget him. So what does that say? His roots were growing deeply in God. Why is that important? Because it builds character. See, God, he wants to see your dreams fulfilled, but first he wants to see your character be enlarged like those roots. Because you see, ministry and callings, those things can change, but character remains. Let me say that again. Ministry, callings, those things can change. But character, that remains. Neither Jesse, his dad, nor Samuel thought it could be David. None of them. You might feel like that sometimes. It, it could never be me, Lord. You could never use me. You could never make me who I'm dreaming to be. No, it's not for me, God. And then here comes some people to reinforce that. Yeah, I don't think it's for you. But God's saying, it's not men that calls. It's God that calls. See, Samuel had the oil, but God had the anointing. It's God that gives the gifts and the anointing. Men confirm only what God is already doing in the spirit. We confirm, as leaders, we confirm people already what's happening in the spirit. Especially in this new covenant, it should always be about empowering, exhorting, meaning encouraging you to go forward to deepen your roots. And we can't cut the process short. We can't say, no, God, ah, 
No, not, I'm good here. I'm, 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 I'm ready. When is Samuel coming with the, with the horn of oil? I'm ready, God. And we cut the process short. And we think, that's it. I'm ready, Lord, for the big crowds. Right? For the lights. I'm ready, Lord. And God's like, yeah, you're ready for roots. Not for fruits yet. So we can't cut the process short. You know what happens when we cut the process short? And we're like, we cut it and we're like, oh, we're good. God just restarts. He tries again because he's so good. Like somebody might go to a church and say, no, you know, I'm not. And they go somewhere else. And they're the same thing. Uh, what is God doing? He's just starting the process all over again. It's not the places sometimes it's us we can't cut the process short because of immaturity we do sometimes we have to keep going and letting God process us deepening our roots but we have to get rid of some lies in our head those lies that tell us you're forgotten you're unknown no one believes in you. Those are lies of the enemy. If you let God process you and have a root system built, you'll see that, that you're not unknown, that you're fully known, that, that he, you're not forgotten. You're remembered every time. Why? Why is that so important? So that when God gives you the platform and says, here is what I've given you, I've given you a nation then the applause and the, the, the limelight, per se, won't matter. Those things don't matter. Why? Because I don't care if a million people know who I am. I care if God knows who I am. That's why those roots are important, that we stay solid in God. So that if someone comes with some negative talk, you know those people with the negative stuff all the time? Okay, I got to tell you a story real quick. Okay? Yeah? So we go to Ralph's that's by our house, like every day. I think we're, we're still learning how to shop, okay? Plus, we've been on this Whole30 thing. All right, another Whole30. Oh, it's Vanessa. <laughs> and we're cooking everything, okay? And that, in this day and age, and we don't have kids, but whoa. It's tough sometimes. And, and but, 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 let me make it even clearer. Cooking the right stuff. Okay. So we go to Ralph's like every day. Pretty much. Maybe we'll miss one day and we feel bad. So we go and get, no, I'm just kidding. No, we, we, uh, we go a lot. So every time we see this, this lady, we love her, but we want, we want the best for her. We try to encourage her, but every single response to how, at least she's honest though, I'll give her that. Every response to how are you is, ah, you know, it's just not good right now. I lost my cell phone. It's just, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Every single time. And, and, and I want people to realize, like this is my calling to realize how 
happy and joyful they can actually be in God. Like the, these are paper flowers, but, but beautiful, real flowers. Do they worry that, are they going to get water? Do they worry about any? They're not even worried. The Bible says that the birds don't worry. They're not anxious about what are they going to eat. And Jesus says, you're more important than birds in the sky. That's why it's important that we let this process happen. And if we have one of those negative days, then that's fine, you know. But let's get back up and let's keep going. Amen. Patience is tested when patience needs to be used. This kind of sums up the whole process. You can't ask God for patience and just like, all right, I'm patient now. And then someone cuts you off or, or something happens at work that, you know, offices, I work at an office, drama, 24-7, right? Okay, maybe less than that, but it's very often. And, and we just, we need to stay patient, but patience can't be like expressed if there's no circumstance where it needs to be expressed. So when we're being rooted, things are going to happen in our life that are not necessarily positive, but we have God and we're known by God and we're not forgotten. We're remembered by God. So then we are going to like be fully whole in those moments, be fully expressive in those moments. Amen. Let's go to Luke chapter eight. Um, I'm going to read the message version. I, if you have, if you can do that, then, then do that. If not, Luke chapter 8. Let me know when you have it. If, if you don't have the message, I think they're going to put it up on the screen. If you could put it up. Luke chapter 8, verse 13 through 15 kind of sums up I'm sure some of you have read this if you've been in church for a while Luke chapter 8 verse 13 through 15 are you there let me read this amazing how how they translated this the seeds in the gravel are those who hear with enthusiasm but the enthusiasm doesn't go very deep it's only another fad and the moment there's trouble it's gone and the seed that fell in the weeds, well, these are the ones who hear, but then the seed is crowded out and nothing comes of it as they go about their lives, what worrying about tomorrow, making money, and having fun. But the seed in the good earth, these are the good hearts who seize the word, in other words, grab the word and hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. Wow. Put your hand, put your hand on your heart like this, your right hand on your heart. And say to yourself, Lord, you've given me a good heart. 
See, a lot of times in church they tell you, you know, watch your heart. It's true. But if you read the Bible, God says he's given us a new heart. Go read it in Ezekiel. He's given you a new heart. And right here, the, the Bible says that a good heart holds on to the word. No matter what happens in their life, whether they feel like they're unknown, whether they feel like they're forgotten, because feelings really don't matter in the kingdom. You can have feelings, but it shouldn't lead us. What matters is what God says about us. We might feel unknown. We might feel forgotten, but God knows us and he remembers us. And we're able to hold on, sticking with it. Sticking with what? Sticking with our relationship with God. Let's stick with our relationship with God until there's a harvest. Amen? That was David out with the sheep. He was out with the father's sheep, taking care of the father's sheep. They forgot about him. No one knew him, but he didn't care. He was taking care of the sheep that God had given him. And he was, he was unknown, but he was known to God. He wasn't waiting for the, for the, he wasn't walking around like, oh, God, when am I going to be king already? Can you imagine David as 13 years old? God, when am I going to be king already? Like, I'm tired of these sheep. Like, come on, Lord, these sheep, really? He didn't have that attitude, right? No, 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 he, he was, he loved, he loved what God had put before him. He, he loved God, God loved him, he was known, he, he was remembered by God, he had a relationship, so he loved what God had placed in his arms in front of him. He loved those sheep because he loved God and God loved him, and he knew that. And he didn't wait on, when is Samuel getting here? Lord, Samuel hasn't come yet. No, no, no. He was waiting on God. God, whatever you say. Like, Lord, whatever you want. Lord, whatever you, you, you put in my life, whatever it is that you want, I'll do, God. It's all about you, Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. That's why in Psalms he says, I'm waiting on the Lord for my salvation. Who are you waiting on? It's important that you wait on God and and waiting is not inactivity in the kingdom waiting on the Lord is not literally sitting down and waiting like you do at hospitals and at doctor's office isn't that annoying you wait for two hours then they put you in the little room where you wait another 30 minutes and then the doctor comes in for three minutes to tell you to take some pills and go home amen that's not waiting in the kingdom. You know what waiting in the kingdom is? Father, thank you, God. Thank you for everything that you give me. This is waiting in the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to serve you, God. Whatever you want me to do. You want me to sweep here, God? I'll do it right here, God. Whatever you want, Lord. Whatever you have for me, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you decide to do. You want me to, you want me to teach one day? You want me to preach? You want me to do what? I'll clean the restrooms, God. That's waiting on the Lord. That's waiting on the Lord. Do you wait with faith, patience, or are you waiting with complaints? It's important that we learn how to wait on the Lord. What you have in front of me, I will do to the best of my ability. 
While you wait, this is what God told me. He woke me up one day. While you wait, I want you to thrive and learn. I was like, thrive? I had to look that up. It's a big word. Just kidding. No, it's not. He said, you know, some of us just survive, right? He wants us to thrive. To go above and beyond in the waiting. Where are you thriving? Are you changing the culture to be better where you are? Are you being the best usher you can be? Are you being the best greeter, the best kids teacher, the best employee, the best mom, the best grandma you can be? Thriving while you wait. Did David have to kill lions and bears? No! That was not in his job description. You know what we do sometimes with our job? Wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be doing that. Hold on a minute. Let me read my job description real quick. David didn't care that it wasn't in his job description. Because he was saving the sheep from lions and bears, not because someone told him to do it, but because he was doing it unto the Lord. He was thriving where he's at. Are you with me? Do you show up early? Don't answer that. Do you honor the thing that God has put in front of you? God shook me one day at work. You know why I have you here, he said. Because sometimes, you know, you go to work and you're like, I have a, a job. I'm, I'm a pastor full time and I have a job full time. And sometimes you're at work like, Lord, when? Come on, do something here. Let's go. Let's get it rolling. Come on, what's up? He's like, you remember that I gave you this job? Do you know why I've given you this job? Do you know why you have this kind of job? And I was like, no, but I think you're going to tell me, God. And he's like, I've given you this job right now, this, mo this moment, so that you can learn, so that you can have time. Because if you know me, talk to me after. My job is very cool. I have a good job. Amen? He said, I, I've brought you here, not just for you to just have a job. I've brought you here as an agent of the kingdom. Do something at your job. Talk to people about the Lord. Thrive at work. Amen? Are you an agent of the kingdom? An ambassador of Jesus Christ? So thrive and learn. David was thriving, but he was also learning. David was learning how to protect, how to be fair, how to worship, how to honor, how to have integrity, faithfulness, patience. Maybe you're not where you think you should be, but you're at the place where God thinks you should be. And you should learn whatever he's teaching you in that moment. I used to be, uh, when I first started to preach and, and we started the church right away I got sick from my stomach and it was bad I, I couldn't eat anything it was just bad that's as much as I'll go into it and uh, one day someone told me 
what are you learning right now? Because I, I, I was learning that I had a lot of fear. That's what I was learning. But he said, what is God teaching you while you're going through that? And I thought, oh boy, I better go ask him. So you may be going through a tough situation where you feel like just things aren't right right now. But what is God teaching you? Because maybe he didn't cause the situation, but he's definitely using it to teach you something. And David was learning. He was thriving. Could it be that right now, God is making your roots just a little bit deeper, just a little bit stronger? The deeper the roots, the stronger the tree, the juicier the fruit. David was anointed king. He was between the ages of 13 and 15. Go with me to 2 Samuel now. I'm almost done. I think I went fast, actually. Which is rare. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 3. God knows your situation, sisters. He knows exactly what you need today. You came hopefully expecting that God would give you something, and you shall receive it. Are you there? Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 3. All right. It says... Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. And King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. Hebron, I think that's what means community, I believe. And they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned for 40 years. It took David about 15 years to get to what God had promised him at 15 years old. What belonged to him. You know that as soon as they anointed him king of Israel, Samuel did, he didn't go into the kingdom as king to reign. He actually went into the kingdom under Saul to play the harp to help the king because he was being tormented by a spirit. You're anointed. You receive that? You're anointed, women of God. He's calling you to have deeper roots. That's way more important to him than the place he wants to get to you. Get you to. Joseph same thing. He was at his father's house dreaming. You remember the story of Joseph? He was dreaming at his father's house. It's important for us to dream at the father's house. Amen? Then he went to the prison. No, he went to Potiphar's house. He remained the same. A child of God with deep roots. He went to the prison 
both in, the Potiphar, in Potiphar's house and the prison, he, be, he, 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 he became a leader. Then they, he ends up at the palace as the prime minister of Egypt. He goes from an, having dreams in his father's house to interpreting dreams at the palace. But in between that, there was a process. Whether we think it was good, bad, or, or did God do that, did God, that doesn't matter. There was a process regardless. So we might think, I'm anointed. I received the calling. Where are the crowds? And God says, no, no. Here come the roots. Get deep-rooted in him. Deep-rooted in him. Are you allowing God to ground you deeply in him? It's about trusting him. It's about knowing him and him knowing you. Remembering that he knows you, that you're not forgotten, that he is the cause, he is the reason, and the effect. He is everything. I'm going to finish with this verse in Revelations, chapter 22, verse 16. I said I was almost done, right? I, I'm sorry about that. Pastors, they're liars. They always say they're going to finish. Revelations. Chapter 22, verse 16. This, uh, this rocked me when I read it. Everyone should read this. Please, Revelations 22, 16. Are you there? Amen, amen. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. Listen to what he says. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. I am the root. Jesus is the root of David. He comes before David and after David. With us, it's the same thing. He's before us and after us. He's everything. He is our root system. Amen? We're grounded in him. So I ask you today, once again, whatever you're going through, whatever situation is going on in your life, are you letting God take you through that process? Don't fight it. Just let it happen. Let, it let him take you. He's so good. He's not going to treat you bad. Amen? If bad things happen, he'll save you. He'll rescue you. He is so good. You believe that God is good? He loves you so much. Why don't you get on your feet? I want to pray for you this afternoon. If you're looking for a breakthrough today, God wants to show you that he's real in your life. all amazing women of God don't let anyone tell you that you're not 
but just be deeply rooted in him. It's all about that process. It's all about him. Enjoy the, enjoy the adventure. Amen? I want you to come up to the front if you need prayer, if you need breakthrough, if you need healing in your body. God has been healing people in our church. If you want to, if your body needs healing, come up to the front. We're going to have some people pray for you. While you come up, we're going to sing a song. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. I know that these women are being rooted in you, Christ. Thank you, Lord.